the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line. If you so feel like uh, sending in any sort of questions or messages, feel free to do so there. It's easy to do. You may think, well, why doesn't give the number often enough, 447-KSGF. But if you download the app, you don't have to remember the number when you open the app. There's just a few tiles there, if you will. Uh, Podcast is one of them, and one of them is Text the Studio, and you just... Tap on it, and uh, then it will get you all set up. You can type in your message and send it into the studio. It is as easy as that. We're going to chat here in just a couple of moments. It's been a while since we talked with Emily Johnson, and uh, we'll see what uh, she has going on. Also, it's just a horrible story. I'm telling you, these I, in my lifetime, never has there been such a concerted effort to target children in a way that is doing such horrible damage to them and it's this whole you know transgender uh push uh you know you're an adult i don't care do whatever you want to do but when you have these adults that are trusted that that take kids like the vast majority of kids going through those puberty years and they're uncomfortable in their body and and then convincing them it's because you're in the wrong body and uh, you're going to kill yourself if you don't get a sex change operation and it, it's just it's unbelievable to me that in a day and an age where we know what we know and where we claim we care so much about other people that we would target children in this way and there's this story about um uh a transgender youth that uh ran away in maryland and the state refused to return her to her grandmother, which was her adopted parent, because she misgendered her, and instead put her in a system that ended up pimping her out to sex slavery. But gosh, at least they didn't, you know, turn her over to a bigoted grandmother. So we'll talk uh, about that here in just a couple of moments from Scramblers right now. Jason Rima with the latest news update. At least three people are dead after a wrong-way driver hit an SUV head-on near James River and the West Bypass in Springfield. Police say the driver of that pickup may have been intoxicated when he crossed into the eastbound lanes around 1 this morning. At least three people in the SUV died. Three more are in critical condition. Two others have minor injuries. The driver of that pickup has critical injuries. A Missouri Senate committee is considering a bill called the Parents' Bill of Rights. It's aimed at increasing transparency between teachers and parents, Republican Andrew Koenig sponsors the bill. He spoke about how he felt critical race theory was impacting his own children. It is hard to think of a more racist policy than to teach my black kids that they are oppressed and can't make it in this world because they're oppressed by white people. Or tell my white kids that they are oppressing my black kids. That sound from Missouri News Network. Several witnesses testified in opposition of banning critical race theory in classes. A group of religious leaders who support abortion rights has filed a lawsuit challenging Missouri's abortion ban. They say lawmakers openly invoke their own religious beliefs when they drafted the measure and thereby impose those beliefs on others who don't share them. The lawsuit was filed Thursday in St. Louis. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield Stock 1041. It's time for the first alert forecast, sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. A sunny day, 46 for a high, 27 tonight, slight chance of showers. Tomorrow with a high of 46, Sunday mostly cloudy, a high of 40. Hey everyone, 
It's Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Hi, long time no I see. I know. It feels like I've been saying that lately. Oh, let me turn your headphones up. You need them up a little bit. Tom Martz there always we has go. Yeah, he's, yes. always, he's got he's got supersonic hearing, and well, so he never probably um, had to blow dry his hair, right? So he didn't damage <laughs> his, his hearing like I have. So <laughs> I suspect that you are correct. He did not have to love do you, that. Tom. Certainly yeah. doesn't now. Right. Sure. So, so what's been going on? You know, 2023 is here. Actually, you know, our month is half over, but um, this week it's really felt like the gas pedal is on, you know, mm-hmm. and the spring market is right around the corner. Um, we're still seeing low inventory, so, you know, more buyers and homes available. But with that being said, buyers are really getting a good chance right now of, of purchasing a home, whether they have a VA loan or another government loan like USDA or FHA. Um, sellers are more accepting of different loan types. Maybe if the buyer needs help with their closing costs, sellers are, you know, more willing to help pay for those. So it's not as cutthroat of a cash market like we were seeing in the last couple of years, which is great news mm-hmm. for, for just, you know, a standard buyer that's, that's ready to purchase a home. So, you know, interest rates right now, I think they're hovering right at six, which is not terrible. You know, if you ask anyone that bought a yeah. house in the early 80s rates were 18 percent so we're kind of seeing a little bit more of a balanced market as we step into the new year but i really think that we're just going to still have more buyers and homes available you know it just depends the condition of the home the location um we're still seeing some homes that get multiple offers so as an outside observer i the way i kind of see it and it's probably what you just said but (laughs) I, i put it in terms i can understand that while um, the it may not be as hot as it was before in terms of people desperately looking to buy new homes, you know there's still a buyer's market. But interest rates, because they're going up a little bit, buyers are a little less likely just to jump on whatever they can as fast as they can. Well, I think so, it all goes back to you know speak with your lender, get your yeah. prequalification, figure out what budget you're comfortable with. What do you want your monthly payment to be? You know. Um, the rate is the rate. You can always refinance. Right. You know, are we going to see the rates drop back down to two and a half percent? No, those days are gone. But in an average, balanced market, meaning where you know both sides have equal opportunities, really, mm-hmm. four and five percent interest rates are, are pretty standard. Yeah. So we're not far from that. But people, I think, got so used to hearing two percent, three percent. So when they hear six or seven, they think, "Oh my gosh, no way! Yeah. Am I buying right. a house?" But, you know, if you think about it, okay, you can take the rate now and buy your home, mm-hmm. or you can wait, and prices are still going to continue to increase. Sure. So do you want to maybe take a higher mm-hmm. rate and refinance someday, or wait, miss out on this market, and p- spend more well, down and the e- road? Yeah, and even if you tell yourself, well, maybe the prices go up, but if the interest rates go down, then it'll come out even. But you mm-hmm. can always, like you said, refinance. Right, right, exactly. So and you buy the house at the price today, and you mm-hmm. can refinance at a lower rate tomorrow if the rates are lower. Right. And what we are seeing, too, which I think is going to hurt our inventory as far as amount, the amount of homes available, a lot of sellers and homeowners uh, refinanced over the last few mm-hmm. years. And so they're feeling the pressure when they look to buy a new home they really don't want to lose their two and a half percent rate you know so they're kind of holding out a little bit that's that's where we are i mean we are in the threes Mm -hmm. and which is incredible yeah and so that really diminishes any sort like even if you're thinking well maybe and that it that's a hard interest rate to let go of (laughs) when you have it when you have it already right so, you know, everyone's trying to, to time the market or think, oh, it, there's going to be a crash. I'm mm-hmm. going to wait. 
You know, the data is not there to support any kind of crash like there was in 2008. And if anything, we're still in that upside down inventory. You know, I think on Monday, we have a on our MLS as an agent, you can see what's called the hot sheet, right? The new listings, the under contracts, what's closed and for how much. And that's where we get a lot of our data from. On Monday, there was 29 new listings in all of southwest Missouri that came on the market and 89 that went under contract. So you can kind of see just okay. how right. upside down it is and how there's still so many buyers out okay. there looking. But um, it's, a, it's a great time to buy or sell. If you're looking to sell right now, you have a lot less competition because people are thinking, I'll oh, wait till spring, wait till the grass is green and the daffodils are sure. blooming. But you know, there's buyers that are actively looking right now. So anything in particular that you are going to be showing or any particular houses, locations that you're looking for? A little bit of everything, you know. Um, I listed a really neat commercial property this week in Brighton. It's right off of Highway 13, perfect for truck access. Um, it is a 3,000-square-foot shop with a almost like a retail front of the mm-hmm. store. They've got 5,000 square feet of concrete padding with roof overhangs for storage. It's currently a sawmill. Um, and this business is relocating, but it, you know, it went on the market this week for 450,000 on four acres. So it's a neat place if you're looking maybe to have a business or you've got a trucking company or you need storage. Um, it's kind of in that sweet spot between Springfield and Bolivar okay. in Brighton. Um, I have clients, um, a client right now looking um, for new construction in Nixa. The kicker is we cannot be in, like, a neighborhood where the houses are built right on top of each other. So a little bit of padding. And then I also have clients looking on the north side, um, a five-bedroom house with some acreage, maybe if they wanted to put a pool someday or a shop. But, you know, they're looking north of Springfield, and their budget's up to a million dollars. So we've got, you know, a lot of people looking for their dream homes, their forever homes, um, and they've got some pretty substantial budgets. So. All right. Well, sounds good. Off yeah. to a new year. It is. Yeah, we're and ready. I, and I'm glad you're back. I know you're doing getting all that traveling in as uh, as best as you could here in the last few weeks. You know, real estate's a lot like baseball, right? We start early in the spring and go late into the fall. So if it's it's not really realistic to leave. And, I mean, even though we work remotely sometimes, it's, you know, it's hard for me to leave town. So right. usually December is when my family tries to squeeze in a couple of vacations and I was able to get away without my family, just some girlfriends, you know, oh, fun. Um, for a few days. So That's it can good. come it's back. Needed. Yeah, ready and, and refreshed for the new year. All right. We'll see you soon. Thank you guys. Good to see you all. Emily Johnson House Theory Realty, Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. <laughs> Garage experts, if you are a business, you know, Emily talking about uh, commercial property in, in Brighton there, 3,000-some square feet, and uh, there are so many benefits, not just aesthetically, but just uh, for utility purposes, having not just any epoxy flooring put down, not the DIY, but the proper process, the, the full grinding down, the 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 uh, expertise, the craftsmanship, and the product itself. It's the three P's that the garage experts that uh, Mark Shelley Long really focus on. It's the uh, the process, the people, and the product. And it is not just a bumper sticker slogan. It is meaningful, and it provides meaningful results. And while while I had them, um, of course, do my garage commercial property there's so many benefits to it for commercial property so if you have flooring 
and you wonder what those benefits might be, have Shelly come give you a visit. It's not high pressure. You don't need to worry about that. She'll come talk with you about uh, the process and, and uh, you know, the cost associated with it. And then you can make that decision for yourself. Garage experts under Nick's endorsements, KSGF.com. Here's another horrible story in which this um, obsession that some people have with convincing young people that their normal pubescent angst is tied to the fact that they're trapped in the wrong body and that surgery is the only answer and if they don't do it they may commit suicide they may kill themselves and it's just it is it's heartbreaking the victims that are left in the wake and then they get dismissed and ignored and this is yet another one state of maryland refused to give back a virginia runaway because her parents misgendered her then she was sex trafficked according to her mother Well, that's definitely a preferred alternative, isn't it? 14-year-old transgender runaway from Virginia endured a six-month nightmare that saw her not once but twice fall into the hands of sex traffickers the second time after Baltimore bureaucrats refused to return her to her home state because they claimed her adoptive parents of misgendering her, according to records reviewed by the Daily Wire. The child, identifying legal documents as Sage, was adopted by her biological grandmother, Michelle Blair, after the death of her father. Long troubled, Sage began identifying as a male named Draco, because this is what they do with troubled young people. They tell them, well, we know what your problem is. Not only that, but we have the answer. So they, they, they prey on these vulnerable young people. And Sage was one of those individuals and convinced you are actually a boy. So Sage began identifying as a male named Draco. Ran away from her rural home in late August of 2021, only to end up on the mean streets of Baltimore where authorities rescued her from a convicted sex offender. Instead of returning the child to her grandmother, Maryland officials put her in an inner-city group home. The reason they said that her adoptive, blood-related parents did not seem to sufficiently recognize her as a boy. Judge Robert B. Kershaw wrote on a September 3rd, 2021, uh, after an impassioned plea from Baltimore Assistant Public Defender Anissa Khan, quote, it is not possible to return the child to that home. Instead, the judge turned the girl over to the Baltimore City Department of Juvenile Services, quote, for placement in a hardware-secure therapeutic facility which makes reasonable accommodation for respondents' expressed male gender and desire to live as a trans male. Less than a week after being placed in a foster home, Sage bolted because, lo and behold, recognizing Sage's new identity did not fulfill Sage's psychological issues. Didn't fix them. Sage would resurface in Texas, where she once again had been trafficked, 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 to pedophiles, this according to court records. Unlike their counterparts in Maryland, Lone Star officials returned her to her parents. According to an ethics complaint Blair filed against Khan, Khan allegedly told the girl to lie about being abused by her parents, seemingly in order to create a legal precedent allowing states, other than where the teen lives, to refuse to return a runaway teen if transgender uh, issues are at play. 
being the subject of an interstate tug-of-war driven by an ideological leftist bureaucracy was a new kind of exploitation for the girl who had been accustomed to evil men seeking to use her for profit or gratification. Her grandmother recounted for police how the cruel spiral began for the child that she still hopes to raise. Quote, I went to wake up my daughter, Blair said, describing the morning of August 25, 2021. She was gone and the window screen had been cut open. I immediately looked everywhere, then drove to the sheriff to report Sage missing. Sage would later reveal she sneaked out to meet someone she thought was a 16-year-old boy who liked skateboarding, but the person was a sex offender who had been grooming her online and took her to Washington, then to Baltimore. Frantic search that included the sheriff's office, FBI, Virginia State Police, and the U.S. Marshals ended a week later when Sage was found in Baltimore with Kenneth Fisher, a 36-year-old convicted sex offender. In the week she had been missing, Sage experienced untold horror at his hands. Blair would write in a victim impact statement when Sage was delivered to this man, he told my daughter that she was now part of his family. Sage replied that she was only 14 years old and please don't rape me, to which Kenneth Fisher immediately took her into his bedroom and violently did just that. He enjoyed strangling her, but not quite to death. The sick man then trafficked her to so many men that Sage lost count. 14-year-old girl. Fisher, who had prior arrest for sex offenses, including rape, now housed at Eastern Correctional Institute East, but he would not be the last adult to exploit Sage, thanks to the government. After the 14-year-old girl was found, Blair drove all night to pick her up. But to the city of Baltimore, she said she was being held in jail as a defendant, apparently for running away. Her court-appointed lawyer was Khan, who LinkedIn's page states that defense attorneys became the heroes of justice as they were called to stand in the gap between the coercive power of the state and the re- relatively limited power of the indig- uh, indignant accused, who are still and dispropor- disproportionately are black and Latinx. It was Khan who persuaded Judge Kershaw not to return the 14-year-old girl to her actual home. Ironically, Blair, a longtime court-appointed child advocate, ordinarily makes her the ideal trusted parent. Yet, the Maryland Juvenile Court maintained that her home was abusive, even after a local Virginia agency investigation found absolutely no mistreatment at all. Blair believes that Khan was intent on making her daughter a poster child in the fight for transgender rights above parent rights, no matter the cost. A week after the ruling, Sage could not be sent back to Virginia because she was misgendered by her family. Kershaw received a form asserting Blair's right to custody of her child and of Maryland's obligation to turn her over under the Interstate Compact of Juveniles. But Kershaw rejected it on a technicality related to a small-town Virginia agency's effort to understand the rules. The form was signed by a, a deputy instead of Blair, and so you had technicalities. Kershaw, the judge, ordered Sage fitted with a GPS monitor and sent to an institution called the Child's Home. By October 28th, the Maryland Department of Juvenile Services lawyer was cautioning that the ICG seemed clear that Sage must be returned to Virginia. Eventually, she would, the grandmother, be accused of transphobia, misgendering. And so the girl was once again turned over to the government in which she would once again end up fleeing and becoming the victim of child sex trafficking. 
These, th- this is not, unfortunately, an isolated incident. These occurrences happen, and they get covered up because they run counter to the narrative that every single child out there who is convinced that they're transgender is just that genuinely, and that is the only pathway to happiness, and the only victims are those who aren't catered to, who aren't convinced to get surgery, who aren't taken from their families by the government. And so exposing the truth is inconvenient for the cause. And sadly, the media is all in on promoting the cause, so stories like this don't go national. Springfield's Talk 1041, I'm Nick Reed. Hear about it. Hear about I, I know it. I'm beating a dead horse here. Talk about it. Talk about but the it. hypocrisy and the double standards kind of unreal. On Springfield's Talk 1041. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast. Sponsored by Navant, employee benefits that work. Sunny, 46 for a high today. Tonight, mostly clear down to 27. Slight chance of afternoon showers with a high of 46 tomorrow. Sunday, cloudy, 40, and mostly sunny Monday with a high of 46. Sarah Myers. Hey, here I am. And guess what? Josh with the Pyramid Roofing Company decided to join me. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? Good. Good I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. It's, it's been too long. I know. I have tons to talk about. So first and foremost, uh, we were talking about this off air, but um, I think it was in November... Pyramid Roofing teamed up with our weekend producer, Katie. She is from Russia, and she decided that, you know, she wants to get her citizenship. And so you guys were gracious enough to help her study, and she now has a date to get her citizenship test. Awesome. When's the date? Uh, It is February 13th, and I believe it's in Kansas City. Oh, that's awesome. I know. Now, she told me that afterwards she thinks that the ceremony is going to be held there, which is kind of bummed out because I really wanted to see her, but, you know, I'm excited for her. She, she's going to pass with flying colors. She did She did so well during, uh, you know, during the, the question and answer phase of the program. That yeah, was, I think out of all of those good. questions, because we, I think we ended up doing all 100 questions, and I think she only missed, like, one. I think she only missed one. I, I think I missed more, you know, going through <laughs> those than she did, and I'm a citizen, so I feel pretty confident that yeah, she'll so do I'm good. Yeah, so I'm really excited to start planning a party. You're, of course, <laughs> invited if you would like to come. I will definitely be. At, I like parties. I'm a party guy. All right. So. Well, that's a date then. So what's been going on in the uh, roofing world? Well, um, it's been really crazy with all the rain. We've had a lot of leak calls. People obviously are calling us to check that out, but it's been interesting. We've had... Uh, a lot of calls from real estate agents having us come out to look at roofs, and it's uh, with with uh, that market kind of uh, you know t- just shifting a little bit. We've had an opportunity to get in there and help people take a look at something that's a huge part of an asset that they're buying. So we're doing a lot of inspections on a roof for for real estate transaction. And I think that's something that's very wise for people to do. It's it's a, a huge investment, and a roof is covering all of the rest of that asset. So um, we don't charge for that. If you are in the market for a new home, if you are selling your house and want to know what you've got going into it, we do we do inspections uh, free of charge, let you know what you've got, um, give you a written report with pictures. Uh, but I think it's it's a tool that'll that'll help you prepare for either going on the market or make a good decision if you're looking at a potential uh, p- property purchase. Now, for homeowners that don't plan on selling their homes anytime soon, you know, spring is kind of that time where we start to kind of venture out and notice some things. 
outside of our home that we haven't noticed that may have happened throughout the winter time. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't like going outside in the winter time. So um, I'm going to assume that you're probably going to see a lot more upticks in inspections, a lot more estimates, things like that. Yeah, it's springtime is obviously, you know, that's the busy time for roofing contractors. Spring and then fall, we have a little bit of an uptick. But the people have, have uh, there's been a lot of, th- you know, moving and heaving of the property going on in the wintertime. And uh, it can cause some damage and things. But, uh, you know, it, it's actually, um, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions is that you can't do roofing in the wintertime. And it is partially true. If it's really cold, you don't want to put shingles on. There's a lot of reasons why. We won't go into that. But there's some really, there's been some really nice days. In fact, I think we were in the 70s uh, at some point last week, and we've been still installing roofs uh, as long as the weather's warm enough for us. But uh, uh, it's... Uh, so it's, it's a good time to call. It's a good time to call and, and have us take a look at it. And if you don't, if you want to wait till the springtime, there's nothing wrong with that. We can still, um, we can still take a look at it, get you an idea of what you're looking at, what your issues are, and uh, get you on the books for the spring if that's what you want to do. Very good. All right. Anything else that uh, that you can think of? I'm just glad to see you guys. I know. I, really, I, I was missing you. I was going to text you. My, my world is now complete. I, f- I felt like something was missing. This was it for sure. Very so. good. Look at him sugar sugaring us up over here. All yeah. right. Well, Josh, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Uh, you stay too. safe out there. Don't break any legs crawling on roofs. <laughs> <laughs> I will not do that. Very good. Well, of course, you can find all the contact information for Josh and the Pyramid Roofing Company at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. This is Sarah Myers with Springfield's Talk 1041. Uh, I want to talk about this subject matter that have, a lot of people have been talking about, and it's this um, the hockey player, Provorov. And yeah, he plays for a team that's wanted to you know, force everybody to participate in a social activism that uh, because of his religion he did not agree with. And so he's like, hey, I'm not going to participate in this. Uh, the... The aspect of this I want to talk about is, one, it defines who the true bigots are. But also, this shows what authoritarianism is. And we've talked about this in the past, the difference between totalitarianism and and dictatorships and authoritarianism. and, And, you know, authoritarianism essentially is when you have people in charge and... They're like, listen, we're the authority. You're going to do what we say. Uh, if you don't, you know, or, or this is the way society is going to be. If you don't like it, fine. You can dislike it all you want. We don't really care whether you dislike it or not. Uh, we don't care whether you agree with us or not. Uh, but this is the way it's going to be. Now, the totalitarians, which is what we see here increasingly with the, uh, the left-wing activists, is not, it isn't just about, this is how we want society to be, but you have to support it. You have to express support for the things that it's not enough to just comply. You have to full-throated show enthusiasm and support. It's, it's total compliance, not just through action, but beliefs. And that is what we see here. This the the hockey pair uh, Provorov. He he wasn't out there uh, wearing some anti-gay jersey or putting anti-gay tape on his stick. He wasn't protesting AIDS. He just said, "I don't want to be involved in social activism that is promoting this. Not my thing. You know, it's just not my jam." <laughs> 
some of the remarks are, again, finding who the true bigots are. And that is those on the left that are, are just railing on this guy, calling him all sorts of names, demanding he be punished, all things that he has never done to the LGBTQ community. Never. At least in this context. The reason that they're, that they're demanding he be punished. And they're demanding he be punished because he did not proactively participate in promoting their cause. While they are the ones that are attacking him, name-calling him, calling for him to be punished, none of those things did he do to the LGBT community. Who are the true bigots here? You see, anti-bigotry, they... Their ver- let's let's look at definitions here. Their version of a bigot, as they're calling him, is somebody who disagrees with him. That's all that it is. Now they will claim that's not true. It's somebody who has hate, somebody who doesn't like people because of who they are. Well, they're the ones who are doing that. He hasn't he hasn't come out and said he hates these people. He hasn't come out and said that these people should be punished because of their choices in life. He's not claiming that his teammates should be punished because of their activism and promoting it. He's just saying that's not my thing. I don't want to be forced to participate in something that is against my beliefs. As is oftentimes with these activists, they are accusing him of doing what they are doing. They are the hate-filled people. They are the name-callers. They are the bigots. I think one of the saddest reactions to this was, I, is, I guess, some sports commentator. I don't know these people. I, of all the sports in the world, hockey is one I probably know. the. Least. I couldn't tell you a single hockey player. I mean, I know the name Wayne Gretzky uh, from however far ago. I I couldn't tell you the name of any other hockey player other than this guy because he's in the story in front of me. But I think one of the first comments hitting out at him, it was some guy talking about how essentially, well, if he doesn't like it, he should just leave. There are other places he can go if he does not want to participate in this. And my first thought was, what, like a free country? This is one of the things that is supposed to or was in the past acknowledged as what made this country so great. You were not to be shamed or compelled or punished because you had your own personal beliefs. The right to assemble by default also is the right to not assemble. What has always been great about this country is the great melting pot is the fact that you could have your own beliefs and nobody could force you to participate in some sort of cause that you didn't agree with. That's what the Soviet Union was for. That's what Cuba was for. That's what communist China is for. That's what that's what socialist Germany was for. You were told by the powers this is what you'll believe in. These are the causes you will support. And if you don't, you'll be punished. America was different. This was the land of the free. Where people could support causes that they chose. And more importantly, not be forced to support causes they did not. And the fact in this country today, you can have people 
that will say, well, if you don't want to, you know, to comply, if you don't want to be forced to participate in some sort of political or social cause that you disagree with, you can just go to another country. I, this was the country that people have always come to. This is the one. When people did not want to be forced to be involved in in activities, whether they're political or social, against their will, this was the country of freedom. This is where those people came, the oppressed, those seeking liberty, and that there are people who have voices that are considered legitimate sources of information that are out there promoting the ideology and using the language and the threats to people like him or the opportunities to leave if you don't want to do this sort of thing, they are the people that so many Americans, generation after generation, or so many people, rather, worldwide, they fled that attitude. They came here to the United States to get away from that attitude. And everyone should stand against it. I don't care what your perspective is on the issue. I don't care what your perspective is on the political ideology of those pushing the issue. Utilizing your power to demonize people because they don't want to actively promote your cause is wrong. It's immoral and it is a symptom of evil. And there's one other clever little bumper sticker phrase that the left likes to use every time they, you know, it's noted that they are acting in a form of bigotry and going after somebody simply for exercising their freedom of religion, their freedom of thought. And Gord Miller, I don't know if he's a sports guy, whatever, he's a blue check on Twitter, and he noted on Twitter that Ivan Provo, uh, Provorov had the right to refuse to participate in the Pride Night activities in Philadelphia. The Flyers should have responded by not allowing him to play the game. Freedom of expression doesn't give you freedom from the consequences of your words or actions. Now that is, frankly, a dangerously simplistic and stupid perspective because you could use that for anything, couldn't you? Let's say you've got, let, let's say that uh, you have some sort of pro-LGBT event and somebody shows up with a baseball bat and starts beating someone and they say, hey, freedom of their expression. It doesn't give them the freedom from the consequences of what they're doing. Uh, hate, any hate crime, any action. Burning down a mosque. Yeah, sure, they've got freedom of religion and expression, but that doesn't give them freedom from the consequences of doing that. That doesn't give you a blank check to take away people's liberties and freedoms. A clever little saying that sounds neat, and it sounds virtuous and sounds righteous, because that, that portrayed righteousness can be used to destroy people which is not righteous or virtuous. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. 
talking earlier with Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty, and uh, there are so many self-imposed obstacles people put in their way when it comes to buying a new home, and one of them is the fact that interest rates were, uh, you know, between the 2 and 4 percentage range for a while. And they're like, oh, my gosh, it's up to 6-something now, and that's twice what I could have had. No, no, I'm not going to do it. She's like, listen, you, you know, the, the prices of homes are raising. And once you lock in and buy that price, you can't lower the price of the home later. You can't buy a home at $500,000 and then five years from now go, hey, I'd like to renegotiate it and only pay 300000 for that house. Uh, no, but interest rates you can. And so point being is if you are holding back because you're going to wait for interest rates to go down, price of home is going to go up most likely. And if you think, well, it'll all even itself out. So the price of the home goes up and interest rates go down, so in the long term I save. But if you, you you do it now, you get the home at the rate it's at now, then the interest rate goes down four or five years later, you can renego- you, you know, you refinance your loan at that rate. Now, of course, your situation may be different from others. This is where you get your customized conversation, customized information from Don Carricker, Alex Anthony Carricker from IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com. Any of your home loan needs, that is your go-to place before you even look at a home. Before you even drive past and you, you, you see the for sale sign and you turn to look at the house itself, go to IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com because you do. Report Secret Service to disclose visitor records from Biden's residence. Well, this is really unusual because we have been told there were no visitor records. Secret Service is reportedly now willing to reverse course, disclose visitor records from President Joe Biden's Wilmington residence, where classified documents were unearthed by the president's personal attorneys. While the Secret Service claims not to keep visitor logs of everyone who entered Biden's home, the Secret Service does keep records of those who come in contact with the locations the agency protects. It's those logs the Secret Service has now said they are willing to turn over to Congress, according to Fox News. Secret Service Communication Chief Anthony Gugliemi said the Secret Service does not maintain visitor logs at the private residence of Protex. While the Secret Service does generate law enforcement and criminal justice information records for various individuals who may come into contact with Secret Service protected sites, we're not able to com- comment further as this speaks to the means and methods of our protective operations. This uh, report contradicts the agency's prior statement to the AP, quote, we don't independently maintain our own visitor logs because it's a private residence. Uh, Likewise, the White House confirmed to the AP that Biden failed to keep records of whom visited the home. Uh, White House spokesperson Ian Sam stating, like every president, decades of modern history, his personal residence is personal. Now, the one thing, of course... A lot of Democrats are now dismissing this whole thing as no big deal. Oh, all presidents do it. It happens. The reverse from when Trump was uh, accused of having such documents, of course. When we were talking about national security issues, there were questions about lives being put in danger. Who, you know, who could have access to these things? The great mortal sin was having them themselves. But once Biden was caught doing that, they had to change it. They had to shift the sin, and the sin all of a sudden became a lack of cooperation. And that, as I've noted before, Trump's lack of cooperation was legal. The president has 
the ability to declassify. And he was claiming that there were documents that he declassified. And they said, no, you didn't. And he said, yes, I did. So the answer was, we'll go to court. That's where these things get solved. They claimed that was not complying. On the flip side, they say the reason that Biden is okay and what he's done is fine is because he is complying six years later. But how do we know that? This is what I and uh, Peter Ducey is very good at, at asking these questions. And perhaps this question has been asked. Um, but any time a Democrat says, well, there's a difference, you know, Biden, no, I mean, as soon as his attorneys found it, they turned it over. The question should be, well, how do we know that? What's their answer going to be? Because they said so? That's how this works? Or they're going to say, well, because the FBI has said, you know, the FBI, they, they, they say so. The FBI is the institution that was barred from being with his attorneys when they went through the materials. We have no idea when it is that his attorneys actually found these documents other than the fact that they said they found them on a certain date. And I think we can all agree that Trump, or anyone for that matter, who's not a powerful Democrat, they don't get afforded that same pinky swear approach. Where you just tell law enforcement, oh yeah, no, 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 uh, we found it here, or we found it at this particular time, and they go, okay, we'll take your word for it. And so I just wish, because it would be journalism, to every time that defense is thrown up, that, that Biden is complying because his attorneys said that they turned it over as soon as they found it. They're like, how do we know that that's true? Why are we choosing, or furthermore, why are we being told we need to believe that? Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. All right, everyone. Had a really good time this morning. If you missed any of the program, you want to hear anything that you missed, we do have the podcast section up, either ksgf.com. There is also the KSGF apps free. Download it. You'll love it. It's the greatest app ever. If you don't like it, you can always delete it. Or if I say something that makes you mad, you're like, I'll show him. I bet he feels this thing deleted off my phone. And who knows? Maybe I do. Glenn Beck's coming up next, unless he's not. I know he may have fill-ins today. I'm Nick Reed.